Are the Chiefs happy with their wide receivers? Is Seth happy with the Chiefs' offensive line? Is Nate happy to be back on the show? We'll answer all those questions, some of them even truthfully, here on Only Weird Games. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Only Weird Games, formerly known as Time's Ours. Crew's back together here, Only Weird Games on KC Sports Network. Joshua Briscoe, Seth Kaiser, and the return of Nate Taylor. Nate, how was your road trip? Uh, the, the Chiefs had some problems. Uh, they had some ups and downs. How was the trip for you? Uh, the trip was great. Um, you know, spent a lot of time in the village. Uh, went all the way out to Queens. Um, flew out of Newark, New Jersey. So uh, all over the map. Um, over the course of the last few days, um, the weather was excellent. I can't stress that enough, uh, for how sweaty I felt the entire time in Jacksonville. I felt really comfortable in New York city slash East, uh, Rutherford. How do they say it? East Rutherford. Rutherford. East Rutherford. Rutherford. Um, you know, I, I know that you guys didn't talk about Taylor Swift and I applaud you. I, right, I had my hat. Yes, yes. I love the dismount uh, that, that Seth provided about um, another famous person. Um, so in light of that, uh, I think Paul Rudd knew who I am. So that was cool for him to say hello, uh, which is don't amazing. Don't skip that. Hey, Nate, don't pretend like I'm going to let you skip that. Yeah. Look, yeah. Look it's always I made Paul nice. Rudd smile once, so. It's always nice. Um when now he actually came up to the press box he actually came up to my uh domain with uh with clark hunt and his family and it was like wow this is this is really cool and yes hugh jackman was there um i had to explain to one of my very good friends in sports journalism who ryan reynolds was so that was a fun 10 minutes where this person knew taylor swift obviously but didn't know ryan reynolds and then can we guess can we guess yeah put this person on blast uh you can guess if you want i can obviously tell i, I can say their name but i just was it was it just, someone on the chief's beat or was it was it a jets or national person national oh okay uh, well then it's not and it's not as fun then i don't know who it is okay yeah it's national um, okay. but one of the best parts about seeing ron rails was is yeah I, I know white bacon who doesn't know who Ryan Reynolds is in 2015 in 2013. Um what year is it? It's uh it's it's Jory Epstein of Yahoo Sports. What? That that's who didn't know. What? Uh, who what? Ryan Reynolds what? Was. <laughs> what? And so Charles Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports as well, uh who I, I'm pretty friendly with. Uh Jory let me see the the text exchange of Charles realizing, oh my gosh, he doesn't know who Ryan Reynolds is. Uh, so that was a he, fun. Jory's not old. <laughs> she no, is a young. Jory's younger than me. Yeah, I was like, she is a young media, like a young sports media reporter in the yes. scope of of sports media. Uh, incredibly talented. Has wow. Awards. Uh, used to work at USA Today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, is in is at Yahoo Sports now. Um, and wow. it was the first time we saw each other this season, of course, because. 
you know, a lot of a lot of national reporters from like Chiefs Jets week four. Book those tickets. Yeah, and then yeah. So um that was cool. Which leads me to uh the last person I'll mention, who I believe was the most important person, because they were the wing woman to, to Taylor Swift. Does anybody know oh, what I'm thinking of? Well, here, hang on for a second. You said is the most important person, but Nate, I wasn't in New York. <laughs> of the of the celebrities, of the collection of celebrities, Seth, who I found to be most important, not oh. Taylor Swift. I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and assume that you're talking about survivor of one of the scariest great white shark attacks that I've ever seen, Blake Lively. <laughs> she is she was incredible. Um Yes, that's obviously who I'm mentioning. Um, you know. I thought it was 50-50 that Seth would not know who Blake Lively was. So yes. you know, yes. I understood that reference. I've watched, I think, Gossip Girl <laughs> is the thing that it is called. Man, that show is really inappropriate for being about high school kids. Mm-hmm. A lot of shows yeah. about high schoolers are, Seth, I hate to tell you. But... <laughs> high schoolers <laughs> try to be more than yeah. high schoolers. So out. Wow. It's, yeah. it's fascinating content that uh, you can. Yeah, you know, that really Blair was mean. You know, I, I'm just saying things now. I'm sorry, Nate. Keep keep going. No, keep learning just, things I, about that. You knew, fellow kids. I just thought it was. I don't think the kids watch Gossip Girl. I think. I... <laughs> oh yeah, I suppose because that came out like 20 years 20 ago, years right? Ago. Yeah, no, I, no, there's no, a new Gossip Girl. No joke, dog. No joke. There's they a, rebooted uh, it. Yeah, they rebooted it like two or three years ago. I don't know what I'm doing here other than probably causing like many people to just tune out right now. And I just apologize. Yeah. <laughs> the original yeah. 2007 TV series. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. We're, getting, we're getting there. Went so, on there in 2012. Yeah. It's been, it's been 10 years and change. So look, I, I know the NFL, whatever your opinion is, that's fine. Um, but them showing Taylor's reaction to the Isaiah Pacheco touchdown run. <coughs> Just, just yeah. look to the right. Just look at Blake Lively being like, that's that's my girl's team scoring touchdowns. Why are we celebrating? Oh my God. Like it's <laughs> it was it was excellent. I know Blake Lively's seen football games. Um, but I just thought she was like kind of the perfect again, wing woman that I didn't anticipate being there. Um, and of course I know somebody has already said, Well, what about what about Brittany Mahomes? What about what about what about Miss Quarterback herself? Look, um, they obviously chatted they've obviously had dinner together that's that's been a fun again sort of subplot in this very strange season so far um but it was clear to like people of the east coast who may also live in new york taylor's like i'm gonna go to the game you want to ride through and she was like i'll even bring ryan randall's so look i mean that's where we are in in the 2023 week five season uh where Frankie they chatted. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I mean, look. People uh, are allowed to hang out with Hugh Jackman. Yeah. That's all I know. And Anthony and Queer Eye was there, and he was like the biggest star in the world like four years ago, I feel like. And he he is not even mentioned in any of the stories. At all. Like, I, I asked him I asked him about Patrick Mahomes putting ketchup on steak one time, and he said it wasn't that big of a deal. Fun fact for everybody, he said he was more offended by ketchup on hot dogs than he was ketchup on steak. The rest of the panel freaked out about it. He's the booty. Interesting. What? I know. Greatest day of my life. Oh, so is he more mustard guy? Yeah, I, I think so. I'd have to go back and check the tape. It was a, it was a minute ago. But they did that season in Kansas City and then did a couple like yes. press events after. Right. 
And so I was like, can I? Hi. At that point, I was like, I'm under the, the umbrella of ESPN Kansas City. I said that to them and four of the five recoiled. It was great. It was hilarious. They all answered my questions very, very kindly. So, Seth, Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackman, you know. Jackson, Hugh Jackman, I mean, 16 <laughs> Look, he was in the background. That's okay. It happens. You know, because when you are the greatest showman, you don't need to please yourself yeah, before yeah. God. Everyone knows he could have at any moment either sung like an angel or disemboweled everyone in the entire room. You show me someone with that kind of range, my friend. Do you remember? Seriously, my first exposure to Hugh Jackman was as Wolverine. And then I watched Kate Leopold like a year later. I was like, whoa, that's Hugh Jackman too? I mean, no one has that kind of range. This has apparently become a thing that I am going to go to the wall over because I even, I actually believe it. It's a good day. Even, even Tom Cruise is like, but what role can I do to, to prove myself? Uh, <laughs> you know, even, even, even Titanic song. Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't doesn't have doesn't have the same plethora of uh, doesn't have Wolverine range. Hell no! Are you kidding me? Does, yeah, doesn't have the same resume. You know, so all this is to say is that you know Donna Kelsey comes in. Everybody makes it a point to uh, make sure that she is on on the screen. Also, it's twenty to twenty. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, <What>? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The football you know? left something to be desired, but. You know, that's they, they now, always and now I do love Ross saying, What about Johnny Depp? See, Johnny Depp does not have the longevity. Uh, oh, I was like, Was he there? He meant just like as an actor with range, interest, yes, but he doesn't have the longevity, he doesn't have the Hall of Fame resume. No, and it's a lot of, I mean, like, he just plays a lot of weirdos, which like, I appreciate, but like, Jack Sparrow and Willy Wonka in his telling are like, you know, cut from the same cloth. He can't be like physically. Toxic masculinity intimidating the yeah. way like the the way Hugh Jackman y- Hugh yeah. Jackman can be like genuinely intimidating and uh-huh. also just this complete what I know it's like alpha beta sigma there's all kinds of males in the Greek alphabet these days and apparently you, do you want to be one of them or not one of them it depends on who you want to take that advice from I think but yeah. I, I don't even know who's saying these things. I just see them online occasionally. Hugh Jackman is the entire Greek alphabet of masculinity. <laughs> the, the point is, is that no one's... Oh, and Christian to... Bale. Good point. Yeah, Christian no... Bale's the next one. That's a great take. Yeah. Call well, Eric. Also, but no one's been Wolverine. That's the thing. I guess Christian Bale is the closest that we have among us. Um, but Someone just asked one of you, it's unmarried women at the gym. Of course he does. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> Look, of course let me just tell you, okay, I'm sorry. We will talk Chiefs here, I'm sure, in like three minutes. But let me just say, if you, so if I'm at the gym with my wife, whom I love, I would do anything for her. Can't believe I married in a, her. In a suit, in a suit, and in a suit, let's, mind you. Let's say Hugh Jackman walks in in a suit, mind you, or in anything. You're in a suit. Anything, and he walks or up to nothing. Jazz and starts talking to her. I will walk up to where they are, take off my ring, place it on the thing, and say, I get it. We had a good run. Hate to go out this way, but I get it. And then I'm going. One day, can I be re- can I be invited for the Ring of Honor? Sir? Yeah, can I? One day, can I? Could I be invited to maybe say a few words at the wedding? Yeah. You'll be a better father than I am. Yeah. You'll be a better husband than I am. We all get it, Hugh Jackman. We all get it. And so that's how I would react to that particular. And I mean, he's a lot older than me, so I assume you know I'll I'll remarry Jazz in 20 years or whatever, and we'll be fine. 
Yeah, you think you're going to successfully outlive or maybe kill Hugh Jackman. Good luck, Seth. <laughs> the one flaw in your plan. It's, uh, I knew something was going to go. So, fellas, I think this is a very important week for Kadarius Tony. Uh, <laughs> 12 minutes and three seconds. Uh, look, guys. Sam, um, Sam just week. joined and he's panicking about receivers. Sam, you wouldn't be panicking if you'd listen to us talk about Hugh Jackman for the last eight minutes. Yeah, this is whenever. Just listen. Everybody take a deep breath. We'll get to it. All right. Chill. Yeah, Blake, Blake Lively. Just someone clip it. Blake. She killed a shark. With a shipwreck. Look, who's who is who is someone who can say, I'm coming to something, you know, kind of on my own. You know, everybody knows I'm gonna be there, but like I can't come by myself, obviously. That's that is socially awkward. So who can I call that's one of my girlfriends? Yeah. Who's a better quality girlfriend than Blake Lively in the streets right now? Like, well, who can do that? Who can just say, Hey Blake, I don't know what you're doing on Sunday, but I've got a list of people who can do that right here. Yeah, I need, just I doesn't need, exist. I mean, it's hard. And look, you're gonna meet Brittany. Guess what? Ryan is gonna get to meet Pat after the game. So come on down. And like, you know, I guess the Jets are playing. I don't know who's on there. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently Zach Wilson, who has morphed somehow into, they got to witness a Monstars incident. I mean, all these things happened. They got to watch Zach Wilson play quarterback nearly perfectly for exactly two drives. Two quarters. He's like, what is happening? He's escaping Chris Jones. He's escaping everyone. in, And he's firing darts while Patrick Mahomes is making throws that made everyone like kind of tilt their head. When when the ball... So from where we were sitting in the press box is is behind the end zone where they just scored their two touchdowns. Uh, again, the first one is hilarious because um, however you feel about the officiating, all of a sudden Mike's Dana's helmet's just on the turf. <laughs> For legal reasons. Like, definitely definitely should not have been penalized. Yeah. Definitely did not affect the game in any way. And Justin Reed steps into his helmet uh-huh. while trying then, to cover CJ Houston's helmet. And he's just like, whose helmet is this? <laughs> Why is there a helmet on the ground? Is Where's there a the head in there? On the so, again, one of the Probably the most hilarious all twenty two I've seen this year is Jessarine going. Mike, was that your helmet? And Mike being yeah. like, "Yeah, that was mine." Yeah, sorry, dude. Yeah. Uh, so, shout out to Justin Reed on a side note for getting in pretty good position in coverage after stepping in a helmet. Into a helmet. That was incredible. Helmet. The only way it could have been better would have been if the helmet somehow got stuck on his foot and he kept running with a with a helmet boot and still managed to get there. That would have been amazing, but it was still awesome. So the was- second, so 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 Zach Wilson throws a second touchdown, and where we are again when the live twenty two from the press box, you can tell Brian Cook's like, "You're not gonna throw this." <laughs> Holy smokes, he's going to throw this. Yeah. Oh my god. And Brian Cook read him like a book, and the ball still somehow got there. And that's what I said. It's a different ball there, guys. Yeah. I don't know. I oh, oh my god. Oh my god. And what did he just did he just beat Willie Gay to the spot on the two? He he did. They only play the weirdest games. <laughs> like how? How? And so with all that being said. 
it's a huge week for Kadarius Tony, guys. I can't, I cannot stress this enough. Um, you know, Andy Reid said that no, we don't need Chase Claypool. Uh, Matt Nagy said no, everybody's getting open. Um, <laughs> and somewhere Kadarius Tony will play more than like twenty five percent of the snaps. Right? It's got to be this week. Kadarius Tony has the biggest spotlight on him. Okay, we have. We're five weeks into the season. The man only played 19% of the snaps. And he was supposed to be the number one receiver. I'm just going to, I'm going to segue every conversation I have from now on is, so it's a big week for Darius Tony. That's just what I'm going to say from now on. If Jazz and I are fighting and I'm trying to change the subject, I'm supposed to preach on October 15th. If I get lost somewhere up there, I'm just going to get up behind the pulpit and be like, the big week. so it's a big week for Kadarius Tony, guys. And watch a bunch of Baptists go like, what? what? I'll be like, uh, where to begin? Now, oh, my I, goodness. I, I say that both hug and cheek just because, obviously, we're all here to have fun. We love none of that audio came through. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta. Rem- I gotta start reminding both of you to adjust your audio settings before we. Start oh no, recording. it was my audio bad. No, yours is fine. I just no, need to do fine. it for both of you. Every t- I just forget. I forget <laughs> to check sometimes. It. Part of the advantage of doing the show on video and watching the show on video is even when you can't audibly hear Nate, you can try to read his lips, and that adds a whole other element to it. It does. I so that's a really good point though that they need someone who can show they can separate. Hey, yo, no, 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 no. I think Michael B. Jordan also has range. Let's take a break. <laughs> it's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football, and when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Am I the only one that sees a little clock in the corner for us? See how long we've been live and I hadn't taken a break yet? You see that little that number up there that says 18 minutes? We needed to take a break before we could talk about real football things. Oh, am I supposed to be reading the private chat? No, no, if you just get out of my way so I can throw to a break, that'd be enough, I just, actually. I want to talk to the people. So, Seth, you were saying about Canarius Tony, the Chiefs really could use someone who can uh, get open against man this week. Which Andy Reid said on Monday the Vikings are going to do, which is just crazy, because I can't tell if he let one slip or if he's gaslighting the entire NFL, but Andy Reid's Monday presser mentioning, like, here's what we're expecting from the Vikings. It was weirdly straightforward. I don't know what it means. Nate, what does that mean? Well, as the person who asked the question to Did you really? I was like, I was like, hey, coach, uh, zone against you. And he was like, don't worry, Nate. Brian Flores is going to play up. He's going to play me. And I said, he, I think he's gaslighting Block Brian Flores. That's what I think it might be. Yeah. I, I, coach, don't ask you, ask you about zone, coach. coach don't you worry, Nate. Zone. Don't worry, Nate. Uh, they're going to play man next week, huh? What? And that it's it's just such an interesting thing, and and they might because the Vikings blitz all, all the time. They blitz so much, like the jokes about Spags, and they're not always jokes. It depends. Like he's like on the permanent Jordan Love twenty twenty one game plan. Brian Flores is right now. He's like, guys, our defensive line. We traded away Zadarius Smith for a bag of chips, and the Chiefs still didn't offer anything for him. But whatever. <laughs> I, I I will forever be a little irritated about that because I know. <laughs> so, but I mean, so I mean, they're just snap at like Harrison Smith had like three sacks last week, and that's like so I've got fans or friends that are Vikings fans. Well, I have acquaintances. Well, <laughs> I have people that are forced to interact with me sometimes, and they're Vikings fans, and a lot of them ah. Oh, yeah, Smith, what a blitzer. It's like, well, okay, look, if a safety is getting sacks, that's a game plan thing. That is not, you know, that's not like he's lining up on the edge and showing a great rip move. That's not how this works. But they blitz all the time, and often what you see from that is man coverage on the back end with single high. This could be the MVS game if that's the route they go. But I, I think the Tony thing is a really good point because they need someone to beat man coverage. Josh and I talked about this a little bit on Tuesday that there were man coverage snaps, and Rasheed Rice was not a man coverage beater in college. That wasn't really his thing. Now, can he can he become developed enough in his route tree and comfortable enough with catching contested passes that he can be a guy that you can rely on a little bit with man coverage? Because it's not like Juju Smith-Schuster was out there separating against man either. He just was comfortable making physical catches even when he was covered. So if Rice can do that, then he can be dangerous enough against man coverage to be to be a guy there. And then you combine everything else, he does well. But they need someone that can separate against man or make contested catches. And it doesn't seem like they're ready for Rice to be the advanced guy. So again, if, if not now for Kadarius Tony, when? Because you... we're we're coming up on a on a on a year, guys. We're coming up on the on a year. And 
uh, you know, I have these conversations with, you know, Carrington Harrison on, on Fridays at, on 610, and he made this point to me, and I had no way to refute it, ladies and gentlemen. We're almost a year from when they made the trade for Kadarius Tony, And inarguably, his best game as a Chief when not playing in the Super Bowl was his second game as a Chief against yeah, the Jackson Jags. Jack- yeah, yeah, that, that was his that was his best game in the Chiefs uniform. And because of the injuries and the unfortunate timing of those injuries, um, he has not been really allowed to play a full game this season outside of opening night. So but next gen stats tells me that the one player who gets open consistently when he runs routes is Kadarius Tony. It's it's a fascinating, like he had he had a couple of he had a couple of nice slant looks on Sunday where you can see that movement. It's hard to stand and, that guy, and and for whatever reason, you know they've they've been cautious. Um, but the reason I bring him up is all the advanced stats lend you to believe that. Again, you're almost a year into the trade and you want him to be your number one receiver. It's time to it's it's time to let the is there a better analogy that doesn't involve animals? <laughs> <laughs> there was a yeah, because there was a thing a few years back. Old old uh, oh I Nate, that one didn't come through at all either. Uh Dang it. that's okay. If you check on the chat there, I think Tucker and I have the two buttons for you to click. I think we'll we'll redeem your audio. Um, but there, back in the old, almost entirely sports days, uh, PETA put out a list of uh, updated idioms that didn't involve animal abuse. So, like, beating a dead horse was changed to feeding a fed horse. But the problem is, if you're feeding a fed horse or overfeeding a horse, so that one didn't really make sense to me. Um, but I believe in uh, most of these I have committed to memory. I believe instead of letting the cat the cat out of the bag, I believe it was letting the pickles out of the jar. I'll look it up. Well, I mean, wouldn't you say like if it's in terms of the whole wide receiver one thing? Wouldn't the expression be it's time to to poo or get off the pot? Like, or let the dog go hunt. Yeah, let the dog hunt. I like let the dog hunt. Yeah, see, just see what happens. I I think they had high hopes for Sky Moore. I don't see him. We talked about that Tuesday as well. Nate, you 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 got the eye in the sky. I've looked at the all twenty two a little bit. Oh, I listened. He he was ineffective. Here he's, but but I put that on the coaching staff. Hey, you're really you're really quiet now, and that's even weirder. Oh no, what is happening to me, ladies and gentlemen? Oh my god, Seth, you're also hearing Nate be very very quiet. Can can anybody hear this? I could hear you. We're good now. So I I blame the coaching staff for Sky Moore because he was ineffective, is what I said earlier. But you know, watching the game in the live twenty two, then watching post live twenty two. On Wednesday, before I wrote a story about the receivers, this ain't it, Matt Nagy. This this really isn't it, Seth. I don't know if they ran a play for Sky Moore beyond the first third down in the red zone, uh, which Sky ran the route poorly, uh, to which Mahomes kind of showed him up in front of seventy thousand people. Like, what are you doing? And Hugh Jackman. So- I would melt if someone showed me up in front of Hugh Jackman. They run plays for Sky Moore, or they didn't run plays for Sky Moore past the past the original game. Like, 
you know, there's an interesting statistic on this. Um, and I, this was from last year and, and it's a, like a next gen stat type thing. And this is one of the cool things about some of these stats you can see. They really can, if, if someone who knows what they're doing is willing to look at it, you can see who the first read is mm-hmm. on, you know, when the quarterback's hitting the top of his drop, that's generally who he's going to be looking at unless he's leading guys away with his eyes. But you should be able to tell that based yep. on the coverage, based on the routes run. And Sky Moore had a very, very low percentage of being the, the guy. The first read, the first call. The other interesting thing, and and I think that stayed the same way this year. And the other interesting thing was more is some of the routes they're having him run. I don't know if they're necessarily doing him any favors because with more, he has really good releases. He can get open off the line of scrimmage, but he does not have that. I just don't see. He looks explosive at times, and then other times he just doesn't. To where if that if if he's like say running a crosser. The defender will catch up. He doesn't have long speed. And I, I would I would love to see it. I would love to see them try to utilize him in a few other ways. And maybe he does have long speed and I'm just missing it. But like the the strength through contact stuff, he's just not separating the way that he ought to. And he's not a quick enough guy, which is weird because his releases are are excellent. So quick. But when he's got to turn his hips and he's got to change direction mid-route, he just does not have that same quickness, which is a bummer. Um, and so, I mean, again, I'm never ready to give up on a guy. I would love to see a little more, but he's not, he already, I think if you watch him and Rice against zone coverage, I think Rice already looks, yeah, Rice already looks way more comfortable there. And that's why you see Rice is ahead of the normal, um, the normal rookie curve. Right. And that's, it's at least interesting, but eventually they are going to run into a game plan where someone says, we are going to play man. We're going to have someone halo Kelsey and Kelsey doesn't separate as well against man as he does against zone. He can just make contested catches all day against, you know, some, you know, five eleven corner, but they're going to say, we're going to do this and we're still going to try to keep two safeties over the top to where we don't have MVS deep. Someone's got to separate. Or Mahomes has to scramble for a first down. And those are like the only two options that seem to avail themselves. Well, 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 Josh, how many first downs has uh, Patrick Mahomes scrambled for this season? It happens to lead the league. Uh, I, yeah, I don't I don't know what the number is, but I saw the Mina Kimes tweet that was fascinating of, mm. of him having the highest success rate scrambling on third down because it just feels like it. I don't know if this was on the show or not, but to me, the, the thing I always hear when Patrick Mahomes takes off is I just hear him go, yeah, okay. <clears throat> like he's getting up out of it, like an old man getting out of his chair. Like, All right, fine, I'll handle it myself. <laughs> Somebody at the door, no one, no one's going to answer the phone. All right, I'll do it. Like that, that's what it always feels like for Mahomes because it's not the, the direction he actually wants to go with it, but right. it's, you know, deathly effective, which rules. I'm always happy to see it. So I, he, has, he has 11 first downs when scrambling this year. That's crazy. more than any quarterback in the league. Um, it is a function of... Finally, every defensive coordinator, even even Brian Flores, you can listen to us, baby. Um, don't blitz this man on third down. It's the stupidest thing you can do. Um, right. I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll see it on Sunday. So it's a function of defense is not blitzing. First and second read not getting open. Yeah. Therefore, well, and that's where when you've got man coverage looks, those are open to scrambles. And yep. you know they they talk about that on the broadcast. They do a pretty good job with it. And this is where it's tough for teams. I don't know if you're ever going to see a lot of teams go with pure man stuff throughout the game. For one thing, at the NFL level, that's just not done much. Because if they start doing it, 
Andy Reid is going to call mesh 400 times in a row and just watch guys run into each other. So you, you can't, you, you have to mix it up a ton. But the other thing, because of Mahomes' scrambling ability, and when you combine that with Kelsey, and as much as they he hasn't done as much as I would like to see this year, MVS, you force teams to make kind of weird decisions because you can't really do single high with man coverage because MVS can run away from guys deep, like the AFC Championship. If they're it's, not Sauce Gardner and holding his hips... Oh my goodness! 15, Fifteen yards past the line of scrimmage. My there was favorite, my favorite thing. I was like, "Oh, so this is how sauce gets down? Oh, oh, you <laughs> running? You running a deep post? Yep, I'm gonna oh, grab the hips. Let me just let me just tug on. And that's the other thing the Chiefs have for years, and this includes when they have Tyree Kill, have had some struggles in games, like a lot of offensive teams do, mm-hmm. when guys are allowed to hold. And that's anyone. I mean, and hey, look, look, before anyone's like, oh, yeah, there's, there's games where the Chiefs defensive backs get pretty darn grabby. And if you let Jalen Watson or LeJarrius Sneed, Sneed is so grabby. He'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll get grabby down the field. And by the way, he just atomized Garrett Wilson a couple times. Like just started like treating him like almost like he thought Wilson was a blocker on a pass play and just started shoving him backwards. I didn't even know you could do that. I did not know that was a thing. But apparently it is. So anyway, so you, you just you, you just can't miss. You you just can't. You just yeah, can't miss. you miss because man, Wilson can play. I did not think Wilson was as good as he's been. He's been so impressive. But so with the Chiefs with man coverage, you have to make certain choices because you really do still need to kind of halo Kelsey. You really do still need to probably play too high because he'll throw to Justin Watson down the field too if he's in man. Right. So you need too high. You need to halo, but you really need to spy Mahomes. The problem is we're running out of defenders. Yes, yes. Or it, drop drop nine. Drop yep. nine in the covers. Somebody do it, guys. Guys. I'm curious about it. that. I've said it for years. Rush two, drop nine in the red zone. See, uh, Just see what happens. Just see what he does. Uh, that would be interesting. I don't even know what he'd do other than like maybe shout at the available offensive lineman. Hey, we're going straight ahead. They're yes. giving us five yards. They need like a code word of like bulldozer. And, <laughs> and then they just shift into the, you know, they transform into road grade. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. So here's, I actually, I just saw, I just re-hosted a, uh, uh, a post. I have not checked these stats. I have but no reason to GHA think. field too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So I retweeted something that I saw and I haven't checked these stats, but I actually, they, they look right based on what I know. Okay. And I don't think this person would make them up uh, red tribe cinema. Shout out to red tribe cinema for this stat, because I think it's interesting. They also made the greatest Jamal Charles video I've ever seen. So, you know, that my hats off to them. Chiefs wide receivers in the first four games in 2022, 45 receptions, 574 yards, two touchdowns, 2023, 45 receptions, 588 yards, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It's basically the same stats if you take away uh, Richie James and Justin Ross, who have each had one reception. Yes. Yeah. And so the, now, statistics can lie. I just think that there's been a lot of... Um, Chef's kiss on the end of the tweet. Just yeah, let, let Andy cook. Andy let, cook. Let him cook. But what is he cooking, though, through four weeks? And that's... That that's where you have to, you know, be honest with yourself about statistically things might look similar, but on film they might look a little different. On and that's where a lot different without it, Juju Smith Schuster's. They do. They need they need a legitimate wide receiver too. 
And and Juju Smith-Schuster is a legitimate wide receiver too when he was healthy last year. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think I think their best shot at it is Rasheed Rice. But then you need a legitimate wide receiver too against man coverage. And can Rice be that guy? I don't know. He just need oh Rice is absolutely so we got a comment SH991 says Rice seems to be ahead of where Sky was last year. 100%. Correct. It's not Correct. even close. Yeah. Way more comfortable in the offense, really explosive with the ball in his hands, looks very good against zone. Um it's just the problem is you got to be able to separate against man or find some way to hurt them when it's one on one. He's a big strong receiver with a nice catch radius, made really tough catches in college. So maybe that's the way he wins, because that's what Juju... Uh, he, Juju wasn't really a guy that separated against man anymore, but he could he could catch the back shoulder throw, and he had a little bit of juice on shorter routes, you know, with whips and that kind of stuff. So I, I just... They need someone to do it, because otherwise you get in a situation where you do have just enough bodies. If you have high-level guys, that you can play man across the board and Halo Kelsey and maybe spy Mahomes, and now what? And that's the types of defenses they're going to need to be able to beat. Although I wrote about this a little bit, and I know we got to take a break eventually here, and I'm bringing this all over the place. But the 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 Jets' defense, when you turn on the film, for one, they were very grabby, but they're also, I mean, that secondary is really good, really fast, really comfortable, and in terms of really comfortable being left one on one and staying with guys down the field, and that pass rush, they got a lot of guys. They got a lot of guys. Like, uh, Juwan Taylor doesn't normally get beat around the edge twice in one game. The, like, a, by a non-elite guy. And that happened there. Um, Trey Smith, maybe the roughest pass protection game I've seen from him in a year. Um, because he had some rough snaps against stunts. They really struggled with stunts. And and he had three different times where Quentin Williams just, you know, what can he do? Yeah. yeah. Closest. And so... The, the the Jets aren't necessarily a template, but you're going to have to beat a defense of that caliber, at least one, to get to and or win a Super Bowl. I, I got two like little receiver uh, press conference conspiracy theories that, Nate, I want to get you in particular because you've been there for all these. Yes. I got one thing from Mahomes yesterday and then one thing from Matt Nagy today, and I want to see if it passes <laughs> the sniff test for you guys. So yesterday, Mahomes was asked about Rasheed Rice, Mm-hmm. And then after that was asked about Sky Moore. Mm-hmm. And when he started his his answer about Sky Moore, he opened it up with, yeah, we got a lot of young guys. Yeah, same deal, a lot of young guys. The the starting of his answers about Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore were virtually identical. It was, uh-huh. you know, these young guys, which that's just sparked by, uh, Rasheed Rice might be ahead of Sky Moore where he was last year for sure. He might be ahead of Sky Moore right now. Which, for me, is not the be-all, end-all of I'm out on Sky Moore now. Yeah. Because these are two small school guys who have different playing styles and whatever. Like, they're, they're also they're also both born in the year 2000. They're like six months apart, I think. I just choose to believe that the coaching staff has done more for Rasheed Rice on play calls than for Sky Moore. For sure. And I think I think that, that Mahomes there just kind of putting those guys in the same bucket I just thought was interesting. I also thought Matt Nagy said something today. I believe he said it twice. That is directly contrary to something Andy Reid said, I think in week two, after week two, I think, leading up to week three, where somebody, maybe you, Nate, I don't know, asked Andy Reid, hey, is this still a time in the season? You know, Spags always says he he's taken a month to evaluate his what he's got. He talked about that more today also. Mm-hmm. 
is that true for you, for the receivers, for the offense? And Andy Reid said, no, like, I think I know what we got. Richie James was still healthy at that point. Right. So that whatever that puts in the timeline. Now, I feel like I know what we got, you know, got a pretty good feel on it. Just just got to get him out there, whatever. Today, Matt Nagy says, this is for our wide receivers, for Patrick, for our tight ends, for us as coaches. This part of the season, we're starting to really learn. We're starting to really learn who these guys are as wide receivers. I don't know if you're week to week. This isn't necessarily the offense type of offense. You're going to see one guy who has 18 targets every week. That's not just, that's just not us. It always has kind of been that way. Obviously, he didn't allude to outliers like, you know, Tyreek Hill, whatever. But we have a lot of guys that are learning to play wide receiver within this offense, and we're learning who they are. Just a little bit of both, and then just continuing to grow that. So when we get to the end of the season, we're rolling. Andy Reid said, whenever Richie James is still around, we know what we got. Matt Nagy said today, we are still figuring out what these guys can do. Talked about Justin Ross also. Like, we're learning what routes he's good at, and he's learning what he can get better at. Right? Which I was like, okay. Not exactly a vote of confidence. Right? It's very but I, just, I, thought that was, I thought that was all very interesting from Nagy, where it just, it seems... Pretty clearly, like, no, we, we, this is not anywhere near our finished product. And, and Andy Reid kind of bristled at that a tiny bit whenever that was that, that he talked right. about it. And of course, there's all, Andy Reid's a very good, uh, longtime NFL head coach. He can lie in a press conference. So I just, but I, I, it's interesting when you see the team say two different things, not very far apart. This is a just perfect observation by you, Mr. Briscoe, because the Chiefs for years have, presented themselves as and I'm talking more or less the offensive coaching staff because Andy does give the defense a grace period before okay we'll be doing <laughs> okay like it's time to play football it's going to get cold soon what we got um, but the way Andy and his offensive staff have presented themselves is no the season starts when it says it starts and we know who we are and it's about having such an advantage because we're trying to squeeze every second out of training camp mm -hmm. so that we do not look like our peers, which is essentially what September becomes. And I'm not the first person to say this, but it's a trend that is even infecting the Chiefs where the first month of the season is truly in pseudo extension of the preseason. And even though Andy Reid plays Patrick Mahomes in the first team starters those first two weeks in the preseason, even though we know he lying to us when he says the ones will get a quarter, the twos will get a quarter, and the threes and the fours will get the third and fourth, even though we know he lying to our faces. They've always sort of said that, like, no, the reason we average 35 points on opening day in the Patrick Mahomes era before this season was because we're ahead, because – we spend all of OTAs, the mandatory mini camp, and training camp actually knowing who we are more than our opponent knows who they are. And this is one of the rare cases where that is not true because Matt Nagy just told us that, basically. It is, I think, accelerated because they went into the first game of the season saying, we know who we are. We know who we are. Did he just the hell is he doing on the turf what the huh hey Kels you good <laughs> hey why are you hobbling 
What? Breaking news, we got a new Nate character, glasses what? on the tip of his nose. It's a good one. What the hell? Oh, it's Tuesday. What time we play? We play 7 o'clock on Thursday. Uh, I think your glass is two inches, Nate. You aged 20 years. <laughs> it was crazy to look at. I, I, look can't, I can't tell you guys how fast Coach was like, no, yeah, uh-huh, I got to go. I don't know if he's going to play, y'all. I got to go, okay? I got to go figure some things out. He knew, he knew Travis Kelsey wasn't playing on Tuesday, okay? He just didn't want the Lions to know that. But he bolted that first, like, quote-unquote Friday because he knew he didn't have his tight end, and therefore, oh, well, we in trouble. And not, like, bad trouble, just, like, how many reps do we take without Travis Kelsey? Let me tell you, kids, not that many. So they had to go through a walkthrough that felt so weird to everybody because Travis Kelsey's not there, obviously. They play on opening night. They struggle, of course. Kelsey comes back, but he's not fully healthy the following week. Obviously, I told you all that um, and how he sort of, <laughs> like, I don't know who – I don't know who's going to get to write the Kelsey book. I would love to have the opportunity, I guess, but it'd be, it would be one of the more fascinating points of his career to be like, yes, everybody knows you're dating Taylor Swift. Everybody knows that this, like you are uber duper important to the offense. You're trying to repeat as champions. And whether you wanted to admit it at the time, whether I wanted to admit it at the time, even though I wrote it in the athletic, I kind of wrote that this was like probably the last great year of Travis Kelsey. And it started with the hyperextended knee. And if you make that knee worse in week two, the whole season could go a different way. And the way he sort of lived through that tells you that was a really pivotal point of the year. And now we get further and further away from that. And the offense still doesn't look right because of penalties, because of turnovers, because of drops. Like everybody on offense has a drop that they're just like, ugh, like I don't feel good about that. So they don't know who they are, and it's fascinating. And it's why I believe, ladies and gentlemen, it's a big week for Kadarius Tony. Like an extremely big week. I cannot stress enough. By game five, you kind of got to know what your receiver's doing, right? But he's often hurt and out of the lineup. And Andy Reid told me on Wednesday when I asked him, hey, what about Kadarius Tony? Nate. Let's see how this week goes. And I said, coach, I didn't actually say this, but in my head, I said, coach, we've been saying that for 17 weeks. Because he's been on the roster for almost a year. But you know what I do know, coach? He gets open. And y'all have chosen to not use him. So all that to say is, Josh, you are so right. They actually don't know what they have with their receivers, which is wild because they're three and one. Do you know how hard that is? It's incredibly hard to be three and one and not know who your number one is, who your number two is. And oh, we should probably get Sky more some reps. But where is Sky on the depth chart, kids? Is he three? Is he five? You're not wrong because I don't know the answer and neither does Matt Nagy. So. They actually need to make decisions on Sunday because you turn around and you play a god-awful Denver Broncos team on Thursday. So you have really no practice time between after you play the Vikings 
and you playing the Broncos. So you have to make decisions actually today. You have to make decisions now. Who is who is getting the snaps outside of honestly? We love him. We mean no disrespect. Justin Watson can't be your leading receiver. It just can't happen. So you know what you have to do? You have to make the decision to take him off the field more. And that means Kadarius Tony has to play how many snaps, Josh? How many snaps will be a season high for oh. Kadarius Tony? Oh. Well, the season high over over Detroit, I don't know. I did he, he was on the field. He had to be on the field enough to drop like fourteen passes. Uh, what did, did you, you say? Number like stat? nineteen passes. Okay, I was gonna say like twenty five or thirty. I feel like might be <laughs> might be. An here's here's his the season. Interesting. His season high is nineteen snaps. Wow. He needs if he plays. Do you I, ever I want get it. tired of how much I know ball, Josh? Like oh, he knows so, so I, much. I wish either of you knew a damn thing about clock management. That's well, what I wish. All I'm trying to say is I want every listener to realize this. Kadarius Tony has not played 20 snaps this season. That's crazy. It's crazy in a game. In a game. He's played more than that in this season. But in a single game, he's only played 19 or fewer snaps. He was supposed to be the number one receiver. It sounds like Justin Watson. Sounds like they took a pretty big gamble at the wide receiver position, Josh. (laughs) <laughs> I look, Seth, I don't need a segue from you because I already have the best segue. Hey, Tucker, I hear it's going to be a big week for Canarius Tony. It absolutely will be a big week for Canarius Tony. And the NFL season, much like Canarius Tony, is going strong. And DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with an offer that's even stronger. About five bucks on any NFL game this week and score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings is not stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. The uh, Chiefs versus Vikings line, that line has fallen from 5.5 all the way down to 3.5 in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. So go check that out at DraftKings Sportsbook. And you can get in on the game day greatness by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and using code KCSN, where new customers can bet just $200 and instantly get uh, wait, they could, new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet five on the NFL. That's code KCSN, only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after assurance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Back to you, Joshua. Thank you, Tucker. We're having a hard time today. We didn't have Nate last week. Nate has so many last last episode. Nate has so many observations. Seth wrote about the offensive line. <laughs> this is for first time listeners. Let me just tell you. No people are listening to this for the first time. Yeah, we're done. We're done getting new listeners. We we've lost all of them. Oh uh, yes. By the way, all the people that are saying Kyle Pitts, there's your answer. Someone Same. rescue. Same. Someone man. Someone rescue. Dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Break into the facilities, dude. I don't Just, care. Like, Kidnap like, him. Call him and be like, hey, you got a couple cheap years left. 
Well, you, you guys clearly don't like him that much. We will give you... Yeah. What? 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 Real quick. What? Real quick. What's your guys' best offer for Kyle Pitts? And then I went to have to talk about the offensive line. A twenty twenty five third rounder that can become a second rounder based on performance, based incentives, time, playing time, other. I, that's e. That would do that in a heartbeat. Seth, can you beat that? I would be willing to do a, a 2024 third rounder that could become a second rounder. And maybe I've looked at uh, new people. This is exactly how it goes every week. It's one of the comments. Don't, all three don't of us. everyone don't believe them. They're lying that it might be better. Whoa. You guys ever see the movie The Ring? Yeah. I'm going to close my computer behind me. Now, the sequel, look, they, they just had an Exorcist sequel come out, right? How about how about the ring light? And that's the new that's the new horror movie. <laughs> Someone wakes up, there's a ring light above their bed. <laughs> anyway, I thought for sure you guys would say that you'd give up a first for Kyle Pitts. I'm still kind of in that head. I, honest. I so here's the deal. I've looked at enough of Kyle Pitts and I've talked to a few people that watch a lot more Falcons film than I do. That guy you want someone who can separate against man? There, there you, you go. Because he can, and someone needs to rescue him. Because it's bad. But anyway, I know we're done talking about that. I know people have floated to Hollywood Brown. The problem is he's in the last year of a contract that's it's like $13 million this year. I, yeah. And he's not bad. He can separate against man a the, chief, the Chiefs don't need another third or fourth receiver. Like, right. That, they, we talked about this on Monday, too. I don't, yeah, we've, no. We've that, that's, very, that's very accurate. The other thing, I just, it is worth noting at the very least that it's not out of the realm of the skill set of Tony or Rice or, and I'm, man, I'm hanging on here, Sky Moore, to provide what Juju provided last year. And that's all they need. That's all they need. Low-key, another dude they're missing, McCole Hardman. Because I understand Hardman's not able to grab playing time with the Jets. Um, the Chiefs were good at putting him in a position to maximize what he could do. But outside of the niche stuff, the jet sweeps and that kind of quick in immediate offense stuff, there those crossers that Reed loves to run, McCall Hardman wasn't a great route runner, but he could run away from anyone on those crossers. And he made some big time third down catches last year and every year he was with the Chiefs. So they're missing that like that just little extra juice. They have guys in the room that can do the things Juju Smith Schuster did last year. I think they're banking on it a little more than I'm comfortable with. And that was always the problem, right? Was the floor, and so it's just, it's just a I'd, lot. I'd give the Jets that J.C. Jackson Hall for McCall Hardman. <laughs> how does he? How does? I don't. You know what? I'm gonna shut my mouth. I don't need to. I don't need to criticize anybody right now. Oh, uh, J, was J.C. Jackson adjacent to criticism? No, no, oh. no, 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 no. Don't need to. Don't need to go there. Don't need to go there. You know. Show's already gone so long on like one topic, but now this is the part. That I'm like, well, when Nate, when Nate shows us the shows, that he's hiding something. You know, guys. I'm going to transition us away from my thoughts, and I'm just going to say, ultimately, there is a trade deadline. It is, I believe, I I, actually, I can actually look this up. So that so that I can um, give people the hope that they're asking for. Uh, all right, everybody, everybody understands that the Chiefs play the Miami Dolphins on November fifth in Germany. What I'm telling you is, 
the next pivotal date in the NFL calendar is actually Halloween. So... Is that the deadline? The deadline's Halloween? That's the deadline this wow. year, kids. It's usually early November, um, but the way the schedule fell out this year, it is October 31st at 3 o'clock Central Time. All trading ends for the current season. Um, now, you could do some things, interestingly, with franchise tag players on November 14th. They don't have a franchise tag player. Now, um, the Chiefs, I'm, I'm meaning, uh... Basically, you have two more weeks because teams will start to initiate some level of phone communication around October 15th. Right. And you know the Panthers are going to outbid you or someone. At least if, if we're to believe every report that's out there. Yeah, I think that's a bit semantically, semantic-y, I guess. Um because they're bad guys, and uh, they they don't need to win another game. Uh, have they won a game this season? No, they haven't. So they don't need to win another. Need Marvin game this Harrison season. Jr. They need. Hey guys, hey guys. Bad news about the Panthers' first round pick this year. Oh, it's yeah. not theirs. Not theirs. Um, Good call. So... You were made that right, Seth. Really they need Marvin season. Harrison Jr. They just can't get him because they have Bryce Young. Right. All, all I'm saying is. Sunday's important because that's an actual NFL team. I don't know what the hell they doing in Denver, okay? They don't even know what they are doing. Are we going to see Frank Clark ever again? That was a discussion I had um, a little bit ago. Um, man, Sean Payton going through it, y'all. Y'all don't even know. Um, who he going through it? Man, he should not have taken that job! <laughs> I am saying that on a live microphone right now, but Guys, Sean Payton going through it. Uh, all this is to say is that really we have a two-game sample to evaluate this team before you can really start clamoring for, all right, all right, Beach, do it again. You got Melvin Ingram. You got Canarius Tony. Give me somebody. Now, if you look at over the cap, they kind of restricted. Um, but, yeah, the deadline is 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 – this is this is better information that I can give you versus the Chasey Jackson transaction. My <laughs> God, <laughs> you know. But that's that's that's. There's, I'm not I'm not gonna say what I heard because it's not important. If we beg you, will you? No, I can't. I honestly uh, can't, guys. All right, maybe maybe after the deadline when everything all right. settles, but. I can't believe the Chiefs offered a fifth for J.C. Jackson, Nate. That's crazy. No, 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 no. Tucker, clip don't, make this the clip. Don't, don't do this. Cut it before don't, Nate says no. No, no, no. Don't do this. Don't do this to me. I'm not doing this. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I didn't all do I'm any say, of this. All I'm saying Joke. is. I don't know anything. All I'm saying, yes, you, you, will, see, you will see me, Neil, in Frankfurt. I'm eagerly awaiting. Uh, Wait. Oh, that's going to be so good. So. And by the way, I, I did book my travel so that I could be on the show the following Monday. Oh, it'd be so good. From Germany at God knows what time. Uh, what time is it in that friend Frankfurt right now? It's bad, man. It's really bad. <laughs> Send a prayer. Uh, 12.30 a.m. We'll start the show at like 11 something p.m. It could have been worse. It's going to be a real late night for you. Do you think a pup will let me do this? Yes. 
do you yes. think, do you think a pub will that do to the airport be there? <laughs> I mean, I could ask him. It's a long way from Jacksonville, but yep. <laughs> we'll see. You know, he. Uh, by the way, after I left uh, the show to board my flight, we did not make eye contact again. So I don't know what happened, guys. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Um, I did talk to the ladies who were in front of me, uh, which was at a, a a a you know, as I said on the show, like a a um, a coffee shop of 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 local business in Jacksonville's airport and they they had a chuckle and like you were on a podcast and I said yes ma'am and now I gotta go home <laughs> but can I have another latte oh uh, yeah, I've been here for a minute now <laughs> so wow Neil it's 11 35 where you are god bless respect you. That, uh, I I have hope for people with regards to the wide receiver thing if they want to hear it sure give if, optimism Seth Yes. Hey, Chase Claypool's inactive again tonight. Is that what you were going to say? We are. Here, here's now, the, now, Mike, I Mike do know Tomlin, some things about Mike Chase Claypool. Mike made Antonio Brown look sane for Dude, years. It is incredible through, If he couldn't get through to Chase Claypool, nobody's getting through that, man. That he dude held Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and Ben Roethlisberger together. Hostage. And he made it work. That hostage. Tomlin, you could talk about like his choice in offensive coordinator this year and, and some of this, like whether or not you think he's incredibly, you know, like he's not like a game changer schematically. He's a really good right. coach, but Great he coach. is an incredible leader and manager of men in the locker room. And we've got enough evidence for that. And if you just turn on the tape with Claypool, the dude's not really trying at all. And so we, you don't need that because you never know when he'll stop trying. That's all you know about that player before he's in your locker room is that he will quit. I mean, if things, go, if things go a certain direction, yeah. Right. And how and how are you to say it won't go the way he wants it to go there? But anyway, here's the thing with uh, Sunday night. It's really easy, and we talked about this a little bit on Monday, but it's really easy to kind of almost become myopic and when we try to find the one thing that went wrong in every game. But the reality is the offensive line had a bad night in pass protection. A genuinely bad night. I've had people ask me about Jawan Taylor because he's become like the national whipping boy. This was the first game where he had an average to below average game in pass protection. Every other game, he's been awesome in pass pro. There's just been that penalty stuff that's been rough. He had a couple of tough beats, but really the major problem in pass protection, they struggled against stunts, and Trey Smith had one of his worst pass protection games I've seen him have. And that's just rough. Some games are like that, and the Jets also dialed up some really cool blitzes where you 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 utilize I, I try not to get deep in the weeds on this stuff. So they 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 utilize blitzes where they would they would have the the linebacker as though he were gonna go straight up against Creed, but then they would almost perform a stunt type action where the defensive tackle would flash across the face of Creed, hit him from an angle he wasn't expecting, and the linebacker would loop around. And wait a minute, hang on. What is happening? It's not important. Now, I just was looking around because I was trying to make sure I wasn't rolling over Scout. I just go ahead and let everybody know that Scout's been in here the whole podcast and it hasn't made a peep. That's because Scout is a very good dog. Scout is the best dog. Team oh, player. Also, yeah. shout out, I don't know if you guys saw, but Briscoe the dog uh, did get adopted recently. So Briscoe the wiener dog has apparently found a home. Not our home, though. We have this one. <laughs> so here's the here's the thing to keep in mind with the game Sunday night. It wasn't just, oh, the wide receivers were never, ever, ever open. That's an oversimplification. They weren't, it wasn't a never, ever, ever open thing. There were times when guys were open. And I've lost Nate. Nate's gone. 
Well, <laughs> T-Bone on the comments is just... <laughs> Didn't need to know that fact, but thank you. Thank you, Sherman. Oh, man, Tucker, oh good Lord, have mercy. Thank, All right. Tucker doesn't even put that one on the on the screen. Yeah. So I don't even know what that one is. He doesn't need to. Uh, All right, cool. So... Let me tell you where I won't be when this when we're recording this show with from yeah. Germany. <laughs> yeah, not from a club like that. So, or Josh is going to be very curious about this. So, whoa, what? <laughs> the issue, the issues the offense were having. It's an oversimplification to say the guys were never open because there were snaps where guys were open. Um, Noah Gray was open down the field, and Mahomes short armed it. Yeah. MVS had room to work back towards the ball, and the ball slipped out of his hand on a downfield throw, and Sauce Gardner grabbed his hand. <laughs> Sauce Gardner was still grabbing him. Hey, hey, yeah. where you going? Where you going, baby? Where you going? Where he you was going? hugging it. I got a reputation to hold on. Yeah. Hold on. He was, hold, he on. Was, so hold on. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so there were there were plays where guys were open. There were a couple plays where, where Watson had some room, where Moore had some room, where Rice had some room. These plays did happen. The problem is twofold the offensive line really struggled and that's where like i'll have people send me screenshots sometimes this guy's open and it's like yes do you see the defender two yards in front of mahomes sprinting towards him (laughs) and you know even mahomes has to drop his eyes and at least evade and so it was kind of like something went wrong on every play you know we've talked about kind of the math of pass rushing where If you've got one dude who wins at a 25% rate and one dude that wins at a 15% rate, one dude that wins at a 10% rate, blah, 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 right? You're less likely to have one snap where no one gets pressure. Think of the inverse with an offense. You've got, you know, this is what I wrote about on the Chief of the North newsletter. If you are having a night where multiple things are going wrong, let's say you've got 50 dropbacks total. And on 15 of them, the offensive line gives up quick pressure. Those plays are... Maybe dead in the water, maybe not when you have Patrick Mahomes, but it's much, much more difficult. And it doesn't matter if guys were open initially because of the pressure, right? You move immediately into scramble drill type stuff. Or let's say your quarterback just has a weirdly unusual night in terms of accuracy and a guy that normally throws maybe four or five inaccurate throws a game, throws on a game he didn't throw the ball that many times compared to normal. I charted him as six inaccurate passes, or not six, eight, I'm sorry. And that's a that's a high number for Mahomes if he's throwing the ball 50 times, let alone, you know, 40 or whatever it was. Then that goes wrong. And then you add in the receivers to it. And now all of a sudden, out of 50 dropbacks or however many you have, suddenly you've only got like maybe 15 plays where something wasn't going wrong. And that's that's and then when that happens, you go three and out and you punt, or you turn the ball over, and you don't have more opportunities to make things go right. So it's like a a bad snowball. It's a snowball of doom. So that's just, I really want to let people know, it wasn't just a receiver thing. I'm going to post the the Mahomes film review soon here. He was just not accurate. On 30 pass attempts, by the way. On 30, that's... Very unusual for him. Twenty like some twenty five percent or something, right? He he he's generally a highly accurate quarterback, and he, the couple of the picks he threw, yeah, they were just bad throws, and that's unusual for him. If he throws a pick, it's usually because it's a tip pass, or maybe he took a risk that he shouldn't have. It's not him. Like on on one of his picks, both of his picks, he had good protection. On the second pick, he kind of drifted right into getting hit. That's a bad play. <laughs> On the other one, he had beautiful protection and a receiver that probably wasn't open, but certainly wasn't open when he is short-armed by 10 yards. 
So those things matter too. And that's where to place it all on the receivers who were up against an unusually high level secondary who was allowed to play an unusually physical style of ball and are a well-coached team. That's not the game to watch and say, nope, I've given up on them. So give it a couple weeks. Now, we got a little evidence in weeks one through three as well that the receivers might have some stuff, but all you need is one to hit. It's all you need. Or, all right, let me look at the injury report one more time because I know what it says. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Hey, look at Jalen Watson. Good for him. He was a full participant today. Uh, Wanya Morris was limited today with a that hip. was a surprise. That's uh, that's a new bit of detail. Yeah, Dee Bolton. Uh, I know he's limited today. Yesterday, he's expected to play. Oh, really? Spag sounded like he was not expecting him to play. I was a little, I was going that direction. Interesting. Uh, I think Nick Bolton will play Sunday. Um, if everything goes the way it's trending. Um, I mean, instead, if you, if you got your choice between a hundred percent of Drew Tranquil or like a seventy five percent Nick Bolton, you're taking Nick Bolton every time, right? Um, I am not. I think Nick Bolton should get right. The linebackers have played well. Get right. Get all the way healthy, man. You you you're, you're now, more deep at that position. Now you could now you could say this point too, and I need to make this clear. Um, if this was a if this was a week coming into a normal week, or you know one right after this, and I would be even more confident in saying Nick Bolton will play on Sunday. Uh, they could make a decision pretty close to game time where it says we play the Broncos on Thursday. Uh, do we need to push it with Nick Bolton? So that might come into the equation. I should have mentioned that earlier. Um, but right. based on what I saw today and the way it's been trending, um, honestly, if if the game was of like huge importance, I think Nick Bolton would have played against the Jets. Um, but again, the team is trying to be diligent um, with basically the management of his body moving forward. And sure. you don't want to make it. You don't want to make an ankle injury worse. I know some people in the comments have said. Um, could the ankle have bothered Mahomes in Sunday's game against the Jets? I wonder if it was the ankle and him playing on that turf for the first time. There were a few snaps on the All-22 that make no sense to me with Mahomes' movement, and I wonder if that was turf-related just because he's never played on that stadium and on that field before. Um, so, look, and he got kind of lackadaisical with his footwork. So, again, it's hard to tell if that was injury-related, a lapse in just fundamentals, or if uh, he wanted to trust his arm more than, you know, the the normal foundation of his feet. I'm jumping around to all the places. All I'm trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is Kadarius Tony <laughs> was a full participant yesterday and today. And if there's nothing else I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it's an important week for Kadarius Tony. Feels like what do you guys think gonna what do you guys think's gonna happen then? Uh, oh go ahead and go for an the rest hour of and eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it's been one of those. Um, as Seth, I went this the stunt aspect and like the the poor communication from the interior. I thought was super duper interesting. So if you want to read more about the offensive line? That's the Chief of the North newsletter. Seth didn't give out the URL because he hates money. Bit.ly/slash Seth really hates money. If you're a new subscriber, that's the uh, promo link or just mnchiefsfan.substack.com. And of course, Nate's been writing on the Athletic. A uh, little Isaiah Pacheco, little receiver stuff. Everything there from uh, from New York. If you uh, weren't reading all of his stuff immediately post game and everything you know this week, uh oh, Nate's looking at his phone making sad noises. Dick Buckus died. Oh, that stinks. Damn, it was eighty. Hmm, that's a bummer. That, that is, is sad. 
Well, just so you know, if you if you let the silence hang, I will start sermonizing here. But I I feel for his family, and and you know, if you're the praying sort, pray for the Buckus family. Yes, please do. He was tweeting like five days ago. I was just thinking that I like he kind of had a little bit of like a, a a resurgence in the public space because he hopped on Twitter, whatever that was, a year or so ago, and we all learned that he's very funny. Yes. Um. And so that's that's sort of a that's a, a sad, very sad development there. Uh, Chiefs thirty, Vikings thirty. Overtime, Chiefs 34. None of this makes any sense. Uh, I really don't think they're going to score four points exactly in overtime. Not to do yeah. that. But... <laughs> None of this makes sense. Well, I really call myself of the year, guys. I, am... <laughs> I I guess I missed you all. Uh, you just... so, so very much. You there, tried to dunk in the free throw line and remembered Chiefs that you're... Chiefs four in overtime. Two safeties. Not sure that's legal. <laughs> Uh, you can't do this to Vikings fans, by the way. Chiefs, Don't make them lose an overtime game. Oh, I love that. That's the Chiefs idea. twenty-seven, Vikings twenty-six. Harrison Bucker wins it at the buzzer. Oh, <laughs> Seth, you wait because you're going to be there. I'm going to say, uh, I don't know why I believe in the Chiefs' offense making it work, but I kind of do. I think Brandon Flores blitzes too much. Chiefs thirty-four, Vikings twenty-four, ten-point win. Um, uh, man, dang, I was going to use that one. Um, you're going to go 34-24? I was, so I instead I'm going to say 37-24, um, and the Chiefs make it, in, in a flip of what we saw this last week, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, the Chiefs make it look less close than it actually was with a relatively late touchdown. And by the way, Chiefs fans, I'll be there. My hair is going to be cut, so look for a guy with a pretty much a shaved head. And are you I sure about that? Are you sure that I'm going to cut my hair? Yeah, I know. Sure I can't. No, 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 no. That's not either what either of us are talking about. We're weeks into this. I, I look, man. I don't. This think... was a very hurtful moment, guys. I no, that's you, not. I love you too. This is out of love. I don't know that. I don't know that you need to to shave it down to the stubble. I feel like your hair right now is at a. A good, respectable place it doesn't make me ask a lot of questions about some of your maybe more radical, um, you know, thoughts on that. I'm not going to shave it all the way. You know what? Honestly, you shave. Anyway, I just don't think you need that. Your hair looks good right now. This is maybe the best your hair has ever looked, in my in my humble opinion. Yeah, but it's just... Don't know. So and get with. the sides. Dude, leave the, side, leave the top where it is. Get, the, some, get somebody a set of clippers. That you, I'll... Come to Kansas City. I will do this for you. I will shave the sides and back in a way that makes you like that is cleaned up. That, that that's how I always. Top. That's how I always did my hair for years and years and years. Um, was you know shorter and then I actually gelled it and stuff. Josh oh, does yeah. no hair. Let's oh, go. Yeah. I just uh, let's get I, you that I, LA gear. Let's let's, let's get, get let's, let's get a pump of yellow hair goo. Can we I get just, some? Can we get some hair grease on Jazz's shoulder? That's all we want. <laughs> I just don't I, I just don't care that much about my hair, but not for so anyway, what I was Josh gonna say here is that those <laughs> ball Josh knows hair. Chiefs fans, I'll be there with ja- with Jazz. Not Josh, Jazz. Well, do you wanna go? I don't how, know. How, how often, that, jazz how often does that happen, Seth? <laughs> Look. And I just we're, saved we're, my marriage with silence. <laughs> Where, so, where else can you get this podcast? Where else can you get this podcast? This show. You know what? If you see me, say hi. Nate, please end it. Um, guys, I just want to remind you all that Blake Lively exists and that it's a pretty important week for Kadarius Tony. I cannot 
stress this enough. What other kind of clubs do you think they have? This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.